I think everybody's pretty aware of all the reasons life sucks, uh, but just in case we need a refresher, here we go. Um, so most of the people on this continent spend their lives in abhorrent conditions. They live and work in boxes uh, that for most intents and purposes are indistinguishable from cages. Uh, the rest of the people on the other continents actually live in worse conditions. Our economy is unstable, it's also unsustainable. We're ripping the planet apart in order to make useless pieces of crap <laughs> that uh, then end up in the landfills. We all know the ecological problems with that. Our food industry is inhumane, it's also um, unhealthy and unsustainable, and it's giving us people who are unhealthy and unsustainable. Uh, the power grid that we're using to uh, drive all this forward, we all know it's polluting, it's dirty, it's unrenewable, um, and it's only getting worse. Uh, the results we all know about, uh, the ice caps are melting, Lord knows what's going to happen when that's done. Uh, mass extinctions, again we have no idea what the results of that are going to be, but probably not good. Uh, we're rearranging global weather patterns, causing drought, killing off animals, and killing off people. Uh, famine is still very much a real thing in our world. The cost of human beings is probably incalculable. And then as a blanket statement, um, inequality and loneliness are rampant across the globe. So that's what everybody already knows. We're going to switch gears. We're going to look at some data. Things might be getting better, I promise. So whoa, not quite that fast. So um, violence has been declining. This happens to be a graph of Europe, but this is a global phenomenon. Uh, this goes across the planet. And for thousands of years, people have been killing each other less. We're better at living together peacefully and cooperatively than at any point in human history. Uh, at the same time, literacy rates are increasing. We have more literate, educated people on the planet now than at any previous point in history, and a greater percentage of our population is literate than at any point in history. We have more NGOs. People are getting more engaged, more concerned. They're working harder on the problems that we're facing in the world today. This is phenomenal news. And finally, people are more generous. Charity and philanthropy are increasing faster than GDP, even through 2008, interestingly enough. So we have this phenomenon. Our people are actually getting better. And yet we still have all these problems. How is that the case? I think the answer lies in this graph. On the x-axis, you have time. It goes from 3000 BC to 1993 AD. The red squiggly line represents innovations per literate adult. So innovations are taken as something oh, like writing, the printing press, powered flight, that sort of thing. And what you see is that our society is actually less innovative and less creative than it has ever been in human history. To give you a little bit of an idea of how absurd this whole situation is, we're going to do a brief thought experiment. Say that I tell you I've invented a technology that might help. Here's the specs. Uh, it finds and consumes its own fuel, self-diagnostic, self-repairing, a mobile manufacturing unit. It'll build anything you want it to build. It can learn anything you teach it, has terabytes of storage, advanced problem-solving capabilities, which makes it continuously adaptive to changing environments. It's pre-programmed for collaboration and altruism. Uh, also happens to be self-replicating and 100% biodegradable. The news is that we had 7 billion of these on the planet yesterday. Human beings are possibly the most remarkable device that the world has ever seen. We have 7 billion of them, and yet we have this handful of problems that we can't seem to solve. What is going on? And I think that it is this. Go back to our first problem. We're taking these 7 billion cooperative, innovative, educated, altruistic beings, and we're putting them in boxes. We're putting them in environments where they're told what to do. They're told not to screw up. They're told not to break the rules. And quite frankly, they're rewarded for not being creative, for not thinking outside the lines. This starts at an early age. We saw the amazing presentation from the kids earlier. This, uh, this happens to be a uh, prison from 1906. Um, but you can probably recognize it because it looks very similar to where most of us went to school. <laughs> This, I argue, is the greatest crisis that we have today. The environment is a problem, the politics are a problem, all of that is a problem, but at root, 
our people are less innovative, we are not creating the solutions that we need. And perhaps for the first time in history, it is possible for human beings to solve all the problems that we have through human ingenuity, engineering, creativity. If you're a caveman and the ice age hits, there's not much you can do about it. You can't handle global climate change. It's no longer a question of whether human beings can now impact global climate change. It's an assumption. And the fact that we can do it is one of our crises itself. Stuart Brand said many years ago that we are as gods and might as well get good at it. Right now, human beings are as gods, but we're training them to be lab rats. That's a problem. <clears throat> so what, are the, what is the world that I want? This is the world that I want. Human beings are wired to be extraordinary beings. We're wired to go out to create, to innovate, to do things that have never been done, to do things that are hard, to do things that are demanding, to explore the world, and to bring beautiful things into being. There was an experiment in Oregon um, about a few years ago. And, uh, and they took a bunch of middle school kids, and they put them all in the classroom, and they didn't tell them what to do. Complete freedom. No assignments, no homework, no problem sets. And there was a teacher there to make sure they didn't you know, kill each other. But other than that, nothing. And so what happened? Well, predictably, you know, they ran around like drunken maniacs for about a month. You know, it was complete chaos. And then they got bored. And they went up to their teacher, and they said, we're bored. And the teacher says, oh, that's interesting. What would you like to do about that? And they're like, well, we wouldn't be so bored if we had a treehouse, but we don't have a treehouse. Oh, well, why don't you build one? I hadn't thought about that. We don't know how. Well, great. Let's figure it out. So they build a treehouse. And they're like, you know, it's a pretty sweet treehouse. But it'd be way better if it had an Xbox in it. But, you know, there's no electricity up there. And the teacher's like, oh, well, why don't you go figure out how to get some electricity up there? So they figured out how to do electricity. And they're like, well, an Xbox without internet. I mean, really, come on. And so they figured out how to wire it up for internet. You get the idea. Seven years go by. By the time these kids are 18, 90% of them have published papers in peer-reviewed journals. You can't tell me human beings are not innately creative, innately innovative, and out to make a difference in the world. That's how we're wired. But this is what we have right now. We're killing creativity in our kids, and we continue to kill it in them when they become adults. So this is the world that I want. Here's another way of putting it. This is a manifesto, I think, for everybody in the room, I think for everybody on the planet. Creativity, innovation, the power to go out and rearrange the molecules in the universe is the greatest possible resource that human beings have, and we're wasting it at a greater rate than we are wasting fossil fuels. So how do we get to this world? What does this world look like? I have no idea. It hasn't been created yet. But here's a start. First thing we need to do is we need to get people out of the institutions, whether that be cubicle farms, whether that be corporate engineering firms, whether that be the, I mean, they say industrial age, but sort of medieval education system that we have. And we need to get them out in the world to do the things that they want to do, that they're passionate about, that they're curious about. To the extent that we need paperwork to um, sort of keep our society going, you know, like pay the policeman and all that sort of stuff, fine. No individual should have to do that for more than 20 hours a week. If you sleep for nine hours a day, that leaves you 107 hours a week with which you can go out and you can go make a dent in the universe. So this is actually a bit of a social revolution. Probably not blood on the streets, but if this happens, this is going to start changing the way we think, it's going to start changing the way we live, and it's going to start changing the world, the environment around us. And I see no reason that this can't start today. For those of you who are thinking about what's next in your life, for, you, for me about to go back to you know, DC, which Lord knows is not the hotbed of innovation in the world. <laughs> if you have to get a boring job, do it for 20 hours a week, and then spend the rest of your life figuring out what you're going to yell at people for 10 minutes about, which is what I do. <laughs> or put together conferences. You know, when you let people be free, they do amazing things. They put this sort of things together. I mean, we go to space, for God's sake. Right? Can we just talk about how cool that is for a second? That's amazing. 
So that's the world that I want. And I think we can get there, and I think it can start today. Um, I am out of time, so I can't say any more, but here briefly are my sources. The internet is an amazing place. There's all sorts of images, that, all the images that I used are up there. Um, and then uh, my website at the top, somebs.com. That's where I post every day if you're ever curious what I'm thinking about. So thank you. <laughs> <laughs>